Salutations, Scoob Believer. Do you have a dream of becoming an entrepreneur, but don't know where to start or even what to do? Where can I gather information quickly about what's in my zone of genius? Don't worry, Scoob Believers. I got you covered. Go to tuepodcast.net backslash AI prompt and check out an amazing set of AI prompts that will give you ideas, information, and articles to help you get across that start line. Once again, go to tuepodcast.net backslash AI prompt to get you started now. Good luck, Scoob Believer. Hello, Scoob Believers, and surprise, that's right, I have a bonus track here for you. And this is what I've been talking about probably over the last couple of weeks here is my interview. Well, actually, my live stream interview with Hal Jester and company. I was really looking forward to putting this out for you. And I just couldn't wait for one of my regular days that I usually put out episodes for you. So we're going to do this right now and today. And just to give you a little bit of a fair warning, this is a live stream. There, <laughs> there's probably language in there and things you might not want kids to hear about. So you might want to kind of put in the earbuds or possibly just play this when the kids are around. Just kind of a fair warning on that because, like I said, this is a live stream. But this was probably the most amazing interview I've ever done. And uh, you just got to hear it. So we're going to go right into it here and listen to Hal Jester and company. To the Undiscovered Entrepreneur, the podcast where brand new entrepreneurs come to life and could quite possibly be discovered. Join me, DJ Scoob, and the rest of the Scoob Believers as we help these new businesses become a reality. And now, away we go! Salutations, Scoob Believers, and we're here again with another amazing interview, but we're doing something a little bit different. We're doing our very first live, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, live stream of some amazing people that I've met in my lifetime. So today, we're actually talking to the one, the only, Hal Jester from Hal's Shack. Hey, Hal, how you doing, buddy? Hey, man, how are you guys today? Fantastic. Yay, look at that. (laughs) (laughs) We're also got some counterparts for Hal here. Greg, hey, Greg, how you doing, buddy? I'm pretty good. How are you, man? I am fantastic. Thank you for much, so much. And then we have Mike, Mike Loco. Hello, Mike. Hey, how you doing, man? Thanks for having me. All right. And thank you so much for being the undiscovered entrepreneur with DJ Scoob. <laughs> All right. I love it. All right. So. What we're going to do here, first of all, is I'm going to have you each introduce yourselves because uh, I know who you guys are, obviously, because I've been with you guys for a while. But I'm sure there's a couple people that are not sure who you are. So, Hal, we're going to actually go ahead and start with our lead guest, and that's you, to tell us exactly who you are and a few accolades about yourself. All right. Well, uh, my name is kind of hard to talk about this. Uh, I usually do this online promotion. Uh, my name is Hal Jester. I am known as the Hal Shack Indie Broadcast. Um, I'm in North Carolina. I kind of work on the outside of things of the industry being a podcast. You know, I'm not uh, over there in, you know, L.A. involved with all these people. And I have managed to work my way up. Excuse my Star Trek curtain back here. I mean, Star Wars curtain. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I've managed to work my way up in the industry. I started a radio program, radio show and podcast uh, on a British network back around 2014. Um, I originally got started uh, working with Roadrunner Records, not working with them, but involved in their Sign Me To process and became a a kind of a, 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 a scout like just uh just an interim scout just kind of helping out volunteering my services with the company and I've, I've formed some friendships with a lot of the people at that were also scouts for intern scouts for the company and we worked together for a bit and found a few bands and everything and then the site closed down so we had nowhere to go and I just decided to start a world and a universe for all these indie artists back in 2014. And so I got on a British radio network. Or they were called Audio Burger at the time. And then they became Reputation Radio. That was headed up by John Summers, uh, who used to work for Virgin Records uh, back in the, way back in the day. And then he decided to do his own thing to help the New York. So I started this show. And it went live in, in October 2014 uh, on their network. And my buddy, Matthew Meadows, was... Uh, the DJ there who, who helped get me started and <laughs> we were trying to come up with a name <laughs> and I was throwing around a bunch of things like the band shack and the house shack and house bands and, and house house and just all kinds of stuff. And he's like, you know what? He said, why don't you call it house shack and hashtag shit out of that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's quote verbatim. That's exactly what he said. And I said, you know what, Matthew, that's awesome. We're going to do that. Thank you, buddy, for the help. And the house shack became live, and I started with uh, a few bands uh, on a podcast. We managed to get a one-hour show together, and then things kind of progressed from there and took off. All right. That's an amazing story, Hal. Thank you for that. It's good to know a little bit of your background. I mean, I know some of you, like for the last two years, I've been following you, but it's good to see where you started. Right. All right. right. Yeah. So, uh, Greg, I'm going to put you up next here, bud. Uh, you know, who are you? And how did you get started in all this stuff? Well, um, as far as where I started and who I am, I'm Greg Goodell. I am the owner and proprietor of Dynamic Arts Musical Academy and Recording Studios. I've been a professional musician for uh, most of my life, um, 25 years at least, making money doing it. Um, I've been in different acts that have been in different stages of almost stardom. I'm not rich. I'm not famous, but I've been at the precipice a couple of times. And um, I've, let's see, then I went to school working in uh, uh, at Full Sail University while it was still a prestigious school, uh, not like recently. And uh, uh, I did a little bit of digital A&R. Um, and now I teach and uh, I produce records and on the, well, I still, on my better days, I do support acts for, or uh, do tour support for large acts and whatnot. So uh, I'm the guy that they call that uh, is the ringer that they put on the stage when so-and-so can't make it from Nashville. So, yeah. There you go. Awesome. Thank you, Greg. I appreciate you. And now, Mike, Mike, it's your turn. Let's, Let's hear a little bit about you and what you do and how you got started. Oh, um... I've been in this industry quite a long time as well. I started real young. 
Uh, thankfully, when I was really young, I decided that I wanted to be on the uh, opposite side of the stage and not on the stage because I saw that my knack was more for just establishing the business and, and just talking and making things happen. And I managed to land myself an internship and became an A&R for a major label before I was even 18. And uh, that's where I also took some bumps and bruises and made me who I am today because there's a lot of things that happened to where I didn't know enough about the business and I got bamboozled. I worked on over uh, 40, 40 platinum records and I got nothing but coffee and you know donuts that day, no credit, no nothing. So that led me to really dive in more and which established what I have today, which is, you know, MLM Entertainment. It's an independent label. I only sign management deals and we're uh, one of the number one independent distribution companies that you can get before crossing over into the main, you know, the major level. So I champion the independent artist with just opportunity, the education, and, you know, just in general, making sure that they don't make the mistakes that so many artists and so many people make commonly we see all these crazy you know interviews where like people as big as snoop dogg didn't know what publishing was until four years ago you know and, and things of that nature so really it's just about championing the independent artists making sure they know what they're doing and that there's a lot more involved than just you know laying down some tracks and putting music out to the world and understanding that the business is the second word of music business all right mike that's awesome thank you for that that's great great so one thing I always like to talk about is entrepreneurship because that's the type of uh, podcast that I run here. So what I'm going to do is how what would you say in the music industry would be considered an entrepreneurship? Can you answer that for me? Oh, well, that's a long question. <laughs> <laughs> a question that requires a long answer. Um, I'll try to be as short as possible, but uh, you know, an entrepreneur in the music business could be anything from uh, an artist starting up or to anyone wanting to start their own blog series, to anyone wanting to start their own playlist, to anyone wanting to start their own podcast, or anyone wanting to start their own record label. It, the the options are limitless there as far as that goes. Awesome. That's No, that's good. That's good to know because... I mean, we all got to start somewhere. It's, even in the music industry, it's all about getting that first motions going, getting getting started. And oh, yeah. uh, and even if it's just that one playlist where you just riff off something and it kind of comes out really nice and you want it to show it to the rest of the world. So how about you, Greg? How would you kind of equate the music industry to entrepreneurship? Well, <laughs> uh, entrepreneurship in in music is, you know, really just kind of finding a way to well, you know what? Let me just stop right there. I was going to go too far in. <laughs> it boils down to leadership. It boils down to leadership and what you can do. You know, that doesn't mean that you have to be an AR rep. That doesn't mean you have to be a musician. It doesn't mean that you have to be, you have to be doing something, you know, whether it's teaching, like a friend of mine always said, you can make a million dollars selling burritos in a corner. They just have to want your burritos. You can do this. And so that that's that's powerful. And so as long as you are offering something that is necessary and you have the the fortitude to actually get it done, um, that, that that's usually where a lot of not just music people, but entrepreneurs as uh, as a class um, fall flat is the follow through. You know, it's great to have an idea. It's great to be an idea man. But it all comes down to 
can you stay in the fight all the rounds that you need to to get to the other side? Yeah, and follow. And I know really- I didn't answer a damn thing. No, no, you answered. The- <laughs> <laughs> no, you no, got a politician the, yeah, here. The, the, it's no, exciting. <laughs> no, actually, follow through is probably one of the most important things you could do in an entrepreneur adventure. I mean, you, you know, we talked about started with how, but you can't just start. You got to keep going, even when you come across failures or problems or hurdles. I mean, you could either throw your hands up in the air and say, you know, I'm done with this. I'm not going to do this anymore, and stop. Or you could follow through, just like you're saying, figure out why you've, why this happened this way and just kind of get through with it and move on, you know, and that's, that is important in an entrepreneurship. So you, even though you didn't think you answered that question very good, you actually did. So congratulations on that. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. How about you, Mike? How, how do you think the music industry and the entrepreneurship kind of go together? Well, there's a fine line between entrepreneurship and opportunist. And the music industry is definitely flooded with a lot of opportunities, but oh, yeah. that's where like, I'll, I'll throw some cliches at you. Cause you're using words like fail. Um, fail stands for first attempt in learning. No means next opportunity. Okay. So yeah. you get the opportunists, they see something's hot and they want to make a quick buck and they're in and out fast and they have no real intention with their business plan or model. An entrepreneur is looking to grow something from the ground up and put the work in, take their lumps, because they're passionate about what they're doing. This is what they want to do as a career. This is what they, you know, they're putting their ambition behind. So the the loose term of entrepreneur in the music industry, I will say, is you find a lot more opportunists than you do entrepreneurs. Um, what entrepreneurship means to me is someone that is looking to find something, find their niche in the industry of where they feel comfortable, where their passion is. And applying the trade and, and and doing the research. Like if you don't know how to make pizza sauce, you're not opening a pizzeria. But there's a lot of pizzerias in the music industry with no sauce. <laughs> so, you know, to me, that's what it is. It's just someone that's willing to build the ground up, realize that they're not going to make money. They're probably going to lose money for the first couple of years investing in themselves and their platform and what they're doing. Or they're going to be talking to a lot of empty ears until people start listening and then that 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 snowball starts rolling downhill and then you got to be able to weather the storm and understand that once that 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 ball starts moving it picks up traction fast and it could get overwhelming you know so that that's the difference between entrepreneurship is someone who's ready to fight the good fight and then you have the opportunist that's totally happy to make a few hundred bucks and then take three week vacations you know so that's where i'm at with it all right, Mike. Thank you. That's awesome. So you just said something that re- obviously meant a lot to me. Uh, first attempt in learning. I actually say that a lot in my entrepreneurial podcast. It's one of the things I really do advocate for is, uh, yeah, no sauce, Snow. So <laughs> thank you, Snow, for that. That was actually quite funny. Um, but first attempt in learning. That's something I really dig deep in in all my podcasts because a failure is not a failure as long as you learn something from it. It's a first attempt that some trying to figure something out. So I really appreciate you putting that together, uh, Mike, and saying that. So, oh, I, all right, let me add to that. I, absolutely. Yeah. I have. I'm the start and stop failure or start and stop and start over guy, left and right, and that's what's happened to me all my life. My adventure into the music industry started back in the '90s. 
I mean, I've been working with local bands and putting on local shows uh, years and years and years ago. And I was trying to get local bands on the radio and doing things of that nature back in the late 90s and started a battle of the bands. And then uh, that all got derailed when I had kids. So uh, it just wasn't my time in life. And in 2008, all of a sudden, one of my, my original band that I had was getting a lot of progress with out in Colorado became an even better band. They not that the band, uh, they don't want any connection together because they're not the same band, but they did. Two of the members formed a new act and they just kind of became that the new version you know, uh, of this band and they became huge and they started playing all over Colorado and all over, uh, my dogs come in to visit. Oh, <laughs> this is a cutie. <laughs> Her name's Cupid. Oh, okay. Nice. So, um, anyway, the point is, is I got derailed and distracted all my life until finally, and then after kids and everything. And my chance came around again in 2008 with the formation of savage henry they formed in 2005 they started to really grow by 2008 things were really great by 2010 they cut a new record and i took that record to a contact with universal records and universal records said yes they would like to sign them to a development deal but then things kind of fell apart between uh the bad timing with the band uh some infighting started happening the whole thing just kind of fell apart so in 2012, I took that band to Roadrunner Records, and in six within six months, I managed to get the band in front of John Satterley, the uh, vice president of the new marketing division there at Roadrunner Records, and he was keen about the band and gave them a great rating of an eight and said they had a future. And then the uh, Roadrunners, Warner Brothers, shut down the whole road, uh, new marketing division at Roadrunner, and the whole thing fell apart. So then we had to find a new way. So I've started over started over started over and started over again and in 2012 <laughs> when i went to roadrunner uh or got involved with roadrunner i made a goal right then that in 10 years that i could be somewhere cracking the top of the music and having my foot in that door it took maroon 5 10 years to score their first hit a lot of people don't know that Harder, harder to breathe was their first hit, and they worked for ten years until they got that score. That's amazing, and that's actually I hear that a lot too. Where I'm the I'm the ten year overnight success, you know, right. where you hear it takes a long time to actually get there, but the only thing that people see is that is that part where they're actually breaking out to something that they're going to be doing. So, like. It takes them 10 years to get there. But as an outside, we only see that that beginning part where they're at that actually at that success. Um, there's a right. book called there's a book called Atomic Habits that goes over a similar thing where we have an ice cube. But if the room's 28 degrees, it doesn't melt yet. It goes to 29 degrees. It doesn't melt yet. It goes to 33 and 32. When it finally hits 33 degrees, the ice cube starts to melt. Kind of the same idea here where we wait for that time to to be noticed and then when we finally get noticed that's when everybody starts following us but they don't worry about that other stuff because they don't get to see it we're the ones taking that adventure to get to that point and that sounds like what happened here too right all right 
You know, and that's one thing I've noticed. (laughs) Go ahead, Hal. I said just fate's a weird thing. It really is. And actually, it's Lisa, what I was going to say, too, is uh, a lot of the stories I've heard heard you tell and a lot of things that's happened from when we met to now, even everything just seems to fall in your lap. But I really don't think it works out that way. It's just the work that you do where it attracts these other people into. I mean, you call that a a synergy or something like that. I mean, right. right. It's really odd. I do find it very strange that things do just kind of fall in my lap. Let me tell you, I'll tell you a little story. March 2019, somewhere around there, I decided to go to Nashville on a fluke. I talked to a friend of mine out there, uh, Michael Giancana. He is involved with movies and music and a whole bunch of things out and shooting videos and things out there in Nashville. We got to chit chat and he's like, hey, why don't you come out here and see my studio and see everything we've got going on? Love to see you. Da, da, da. So I'm like, all right, yeah, I'll sleep. You know, where you got somewhere I can stay? He's like, you can sleep on my couch. So <laughs> I go out there. I get out there, and then he decides that, you know what? I ain't got time for you. So I've got to make <laughs> lemonade out of lemons. And, you know, I ended up grabbing a hotel room somewhere. I even slept in my car a couple of nights. You know, I didn't have a whole lot of cash when I went out there. So I was trying to save, you know, as much money as I could. So. <laughs> And just had a really terrible week. And it pushed me to my limits and my extreme. But it got me out there. It made it did the thing that I needed to do to get myself out there and get myself known. Because then I blew up all over the Southeast. People started finding out about who I was because I was announcing going out to, to Nashville to try to work on plans to start a record label. You know, meet with some important folks and everything. Let's get some, you know, some some things going started hashtagging all over people started finding out all over the southeast about house from charlotte to nashville to raleigh to richmond and things started to to come along a little bit a little blow up i even scored a centerpiece with nashville uh like music ball when i was out there announcement that i was coming to nashville so anyway met a few artists while i was out there and just made some great connections and it forced some things in my life to get going that wasn't really going i had a couple of small accolades on my show at the moment and so when i got back i was defeated i was a defeated dog let me tell you and (laughs) i didn't know where to head and what to do and i wound up i found a music site called drupal and it's a it's a a social media (laughs) site built for musicians uh kind of fledgling trying musicians who all need maybe uh, a little bit of help or advice on, you know, the the back line in their song or or some kind of technical advice or just maybe want to know what, you know, people like their song or what, whatever. You know, it's a, it's a Facebook for musicians and people can post about all their stuff. And I got to chit-chatting and I got to, I don't know, I got to complaining about something one day and then I met someone else, another good complainer on there about music. And he's sitting right here with us right now, and his name is Greg Adele. Oh, okay. That makes sense why he was giggling a little bit there. Yeah. Right, right. So Greg and I have were, were got very involved with Drupal and a lot of the uh, members on there. And and Greg and I got more, <laughs> more entrenched with one another as we went along. I got a little animosity from Greg to begin with, but 
I don't know where at that point in his life that he decided that to stop giving me crap <laughs> and jump on my team. I, I, I just figured you weren't going to listen anymore. And, uh, you know, just just uh, talking like to a rock sort of. No, I'm kidding. Kidding. <laughs> kidding. Love you, Al. Love you too, buddy. <clears throat> So is is that where you two actually is that where you two actually first met up was uh, was on that uh, on that, that thing? It, it, that is where it was. It was. Yeah. yeah. And I don't even remember what it was even about. I don't remember what we were talking about, but I, I do remember it being. About one of, I was complaining about one of my bands, like I usually do. You know, like ah. like here's a problem with the music industry, and here's a problem that most people don't hear. Okay is and then i probably told you to dump them and just get rid of them right the public doesn't hear the indie side of things you know the public hears your guns and roses they hear your metallicas they hear your ed sharon's or whatever because that's what makes it out what y'all don't what the public doesn't know is for every major hit act, there's a hundred thousand acts out there trying who don't have any business singing or ever picking up a microphone or, or don't have a good structure about their music or don't know how to write a hit or whatever. You know, hey, I understand some people are just in it just for music and they just want to have fun and make music. That's great. But when you come to, uh, to a professional like me or Mike or Greg, and you ask for our opinion or you want to be on the radio and you want to be, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You want to be compared to your peers that are out there, you know, making millions of dollars and selling all these records or getting all these streams. Then you have to realize that you're on that level or you have to realize that you're not on that level. And that's the problem. Self-awareness. Self-awareness. Self-awareness yeah. is huge. Yeah. That. All of that. Self-awareness is where it lives. Self-awareness is where it's at. And so, and that's not just for musicians. That's for entrepreneurs, too. You yeah. know, that's for yeah. anything in life. A good dose of self-awareness. Uh, when you sit there and you go and you, you know, you say, you know, I'm not good at making cheeseburgers. Or just like before when, uh, uh, you know, Mike had said, there's no sauce. Uh yeah, you can't make a pizza with no sauce. You know, you, you go through this stuff. You have to know. it's And some people have no idea that they're awful. They have no idea because they have a support system around them that are patting them on their head saying, you're so good at that, sweetheart. You're so wonderful. And you, there, there's no one better. Why are, it, I call it the Nickelback syndrome, right? You got all these musicians that are listening to Nickelback on the air going, I could do better. It's like, really? Maybe, but yeah. you're not. Yeah, uh, right. that, that's the thing. Is like You might have the talent, but you're missing so many of these other things that they do have. And so, yeah, you could play guitar like them, you might be able to sing like them, but you're missing the the spark. You're missing that certain something or many certain somethings that they actually have. Maybe you're ugly. Who knows? It could be anything. Sorry if that's offensive, but that does make a difference. Image is a thing. So, you know, um, I'm going to shut up now and let someone more important than me talk. So <laughs> I won't say I'm more important, but I want to, I want to feed off of that too. Like, like you said, you know, it's, 
there's image, but there's also charisma. Like you could be super talented, but introverted. And once the cameras are on you and once you're putting that light, you just can't give off the vibe that's going to infect other people to want to jump on board with the, with the mission. Another thing is another side of the spectrum is there are some people that are super talented out there, but they don't understand everything that it takes with being an artist and understanding. And, and another thing is accountability. Like if you're not sitting there evolving your music and, and starting to invest again, like as an, an entrepreneur, you got to invest. If you want an industry sound, you need to pay for an industry engineer and an engineer that understands music theory and understands song structure. And that's going to take control because the artist thinks they're the captain of the ship when they're in the studio. And it's more of like a team effort because the, these engineers right. that just press record and throw a few filters on that like places like SAE are just giving them all a piece of paper and telling them they made it is a travesty to the industry because the engineer really is the one who's going to captain that ship. They're going to help you correct. They're going to say, hey, you know, try it in this key or try it in that key. There's trial and error to evolving from garage band or garage artist or, you know, someone who recorded a song on a USB mic in their living room to evolving into a more clear sound to having a good mix and master and putting out a polished record that is structured and understands music theory and fits the tone and the temperature, since you mentioned Ice Cubes, the temperature of where we are right now with music. Like, people still want to put five-minute songs out. And let's just face it, even us older guys, we're starting to be like, damn, we really listened to all this song back in the day? We've become so accustomed and programmed to the two to three-minute song or, like, you know, the, right. the wheelhouse now is two minutes, 20 seconds, that people just aren't understanding where we're at in the industry in in terms of quality of sound, in terms of understanding what music and where it's at and the, uh, the attention retention of the common listener. So there's so many things that go into the factor. And then, then you start talking about your brand and your image. And again, that it factor, there's so many people that make great music, but they make great music that gets pitched to other artists. And that's how they make money. That's where they find their nick because they're not going to be the one in the camera. And that's totally fine being a songwriter or being a placement vocal. So it's just people that have to understand where their their role is in the industry and accepting that, taking accountability and the self-awareness that Greg is talking about. And like, trust me, I get it. Everyone wants to be that person, but not everyone is built to be that person. And the the amount of flooding in the industry, like we're up to 100,000 songs being uploaded every day. 100,000 songs every day, okay? And four years ago, it was 60,000 songs. So that let's just put that into perspective. Like we in four years, we went from 60,000 songs being uploaded every day to 100,000 songs. 80% of those songs are probably not good. So, but what they're doing is they're creating just just fog and 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 mud and and trenches that you got to dig through. And if you're not doing any marketing other than you know posting to your social media feed with your 30 friends, they're posting it. Eventually that you're just repeating that same cycle and there's no growth. You got to stop and say, all right, the same 30 people are hearing my last four songs and I'm not getting anyone new. What can I change? But so many people are just convinced that they don't got to spend any money or they don't got to put any effort or they don't got to go on Canva and learn how to doctor up a graphic a little better. And that those same 30 people are eventually going to break the mold for them. And they're delusional, you know, and and it's hard when you see someone talented and you got to sit there and tell them, listen, this is what you're doing wrong. Or, Hey, your song doesn't have structure. And then, like the guy said before, they ask for this criticism and it's constructive criticism. 
and you'll give them the positives or the negatives. But the minute they hear the negatives, oh, you you don't know what you're talking about. They, they get very, very sensitive. This is not oh. an industry to be sensitive at all. You just got to adapt, absorb, and evolve. Right. And then, Greg, do you want to say add something to that? Oh, I was just going to, you know, agree. It's where where that, uh, again, that self-awareness to know that when somebody's trying to help you, um, but it, it, it's very, it, it's easy as an artist. You, you can, you can become very quickly because sometimes the things that we write or the things that we do, they're very close to our heart. They're, where'd I go? There I am. Uh, they're, <laughs> it, it, something happened on my end or something and I'd like disappeared for a second. Sorry. Uh, but you know, uh, it, they, they can become, it, you have to have a thick skin. You have to have a thick skin to do this. And and, and another, another thing that I would like to say about, and this kind of goes back to that first question, the entrepreneurship in music. Um, I know that, and, and this is probably could be like labeled as Greg's bad advice hour. Uh, Cause that's probably going to be the best piece um, to say. But uh, if you want to make something and you want to be something, don't have a plan B. Just do it. Get out there and do. Because if you have something to fall back on, that takes some of the motivation out of, well, if this doesn't work, I can go be a sandwich artist. You know, uh, you can, you know, if this doesn't work, I can lay drywall. Uh, no. Go do it. Get on. Because if there is no fallback position, if the fallback position is living in a bus under a bridge, you to work harder getting that gig. You work harder doing what you need to do to get out there and do it, and you'll be better. Or right. you'll live under a bridge. But which, you know, like I said, everyone's mileage may vary. But <laughs> if you give yourself no other option but to push forward. Oh, I think we lost a little bit of mic there. Uh, yeah, your connection went a little bit weird, Mike, but that's okay. Yeah, I, I'm just going to, I'm actually going to just kind of riff off of what you're saying there. Just doing it. I mean, that's amazing. I love that. And that actually goes right into my tagline of my podcast. I can, I am, I will, and I'm doing it today. And I always like, I always like doing that. Just because, you know, if you just do it, you're actually taking initiative and taking progress. Some people will just sit on their thumbs like, oh, yeah, I can do that. But then they don't do it, you know. So, I mean, even just making some kind of small progress, you're actually, you know, gaining the percentage points of of people that are actually doing something about it. So, you know, that goes into a lot of great things, Greg. So I really appreciate you talking about that. But another thing I like to hit here too, real quick, is I know you said that you know, hundred thousand. Wow, I was I didn't even realize it was that many downloads a day to for to get that kind of music out there. But one thing I like to say is how, especially what he's doing, he kind of trudges through that mud and and finds the good music. So if you want to kind of skip all that and find the good music, just go to House Shack. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, folks, it's taken me, I've been at this, I started um, scouting through bands 10 years ago. It's taken me 30,000 bands to find 300 across 
across like 10 genres, you know, from rock to pop to country to folk to alternative to, you know, to reggae to, you know, any any of the popular genres that you can think of. Um, And these are all artists that mimic uh, things that our great known artists have done over the last, you know, uh, several decades. So um, you can find a lot of good music on our show that's not just your normal uh, everyday stuff that they're putting out right now that people don't enjoy or don't like, that only certain people enjoy and like. You know, that most everyone that I hear who loves my show are people who say, where did all the good music go? Where did all the good radio go? Where did all the quality artists go? Where did all the quality writing go and the quality singing and the quality productions and everything? Because all they're doing now is just putting out more of the same and just rehashing old beats, bringing up old songs and bringing in samples and so forth, rather than going out and and being original, you know? So that's what you're going to find on my show is artists that actually tell stories and artists that you can relate to artists that you'll like and go, wow, I want to hear that song again. And I want to hear that and again and again and again, because it reminds me of a hit that I loved from 10 or 20 years ago or five years ago or, or two years ago or whatever. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Another thing I want to hit too is, uh, accept your role. I really like that. That was awesome. Uh, a lot of times people will go through things and they'll be like, Oh, I want to do this, but it's not really what they're capable of doing. It's in a different zone of what they're doing. So what you really need to do, especially when you're talking about something like that, is find your zone of genius. Find where you're at, where you know you're able to do something really, really good. And you're able to accept that role in, in what you're doing. And then right. uh, and always take initiative. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that one again, too. Take initiative. Do, keep going, going. Take the initiative to do what you're going to do. And that that'd be the way to do it. That's for sure. Just kind of trust your gut and what you're doing. And uh, always, always ask around too. Hey, what do you think of this? Always try to get opinions from other people, but don't go overboard with it. I mean, if you get something right. negative like that, I mean, take it into take maybe take a little bit of account to it, but don't let it overtake you. Like, oh, somebody doesn't like what I'm doing, so I'm just not going to do it anymore. No, I mean, understand it, but don't let it stop you. You want right. to keep moving. Well, you want to keep going. Early on, I found from my peers that everyone really enjoyed what I do. And I knew from then that, okay, I'm on to something. I know that I can keep doing this. When you're starting to, you know, when you're catching accolades, you're catching little small advancements here and there. Things are showing you that you're progressing. But there's some people out here that are going, making attempts at all kinds of entrepreneurship that are just spinning their freaking wheels and they're never getting anywhere at what they're doing for various reasons. And, and it may just be that it's just not their place. That's just not their spot or place in life. Not at this time anyway, or, you know, just need to find a different way. So many things happen or spur out because of other, uh, you know, because of other things. Like I could be searching for a band. Sometimes I'm like maybe searching for a band or I'm searching for a lyric or I'm searching for a song name or I'm searching for this or that. And I'll find another band, not, not anything that I wasn't even looking for or whatever. And then boom, they were right there. And I listened to them like, wow, that's great. All right. I'm going to put them back in my call list to call them later. You know, and that's that's the fate. You know, that's the universe working for you there. You know, that I, I, I shouldn't have known or found that band. Like like here, here, for example, one night I was watching videos. For I sat for 45 minutes watching Facebook Reels 
I don't do that. I guess I was just bored or whatever. And I was waiting for something to come along. And and at 45 minutes in, boom, I find this video, this guy by the name of Will Denson. And he's playing this song and he's like, look, watch my daughter's reaction. I just recorded her song. And, you know, she's, uh, you know, cute sitting back there in the back seat. And, and she, all of a sudden she looks up. She's like, oh, my God, my song's ready. My song. And so I was, it was really cute and sweet. He had a great vocal. But I was like, all right, let me look into this guy. So I go look into Will Dempsey. I go to a Spotify. He's got five songs on there. Four are like slow, kind of, you know, uh, really nice, like slow love songs or like song about his daughter or whatever. Um, but one of them was called Mississippi Mud. Oh, geez. What a hit. What a potential hit. One of the biggest country potential hits I've heard in 20 years or whatever. I mean, I should have not known anything about that song. And it's the same thing what happened with we're getting on Drew or Greg. I think we've lost Greg, Greg. Exactly. We did. Just go ahead. Keep going, Hal. It's okay. Yeah. 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 So when, when I got on Drupal, I decided actually right around about that time, I decided it was Mother's Day was coming up and I was wanting to do something special for Mother's Day and all the female artists I have on, on, on my show. So I decided to do a Mother's Day special and put all the female artists that, that I had at the time and put them together in a show and call it Happy Mother Shack Day. And at the time, <laughs> though, I was needing <laughs> I was needing like at least maybe two or three more to fill in. And I got on Drupal and boom, out of all the, I couldn't really find anything great, but I happened to find two or three. I think it was two really great artists on there that were able to include in my show that I wouldn't have found or ever known about them in any way, shape or form, but it's the timing. It's always about the timing. And then at the same time, I was doing a show called, um, I was doing two shows based on time. One was called Time Stitchers and one was called Springtime Sublime. And the first band I found, their name was on there. Their name was Versonic and they had a song. Uh, and that now I can't think of it. They had a song dealing with uh, it's like a second in time was the name of the song. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. I'm putting together a time show. And then here is here's the song I found a second in time. Right. And that happens all the time to me. As soon as I'm needing something, it just shows up or things just just happen. And it's quite odd. Like I get the I've had a lot of stars and a lot of a lot of luck with a lot of stars and very uh, famous people getting wrapped up in my show because of pure luck of being involved with the band or maybe just having the show or whatever of uh, my very first um instance happened with, with rolling stone magazine a band hit me up in an email magic giant asking to be on my show they were excellent and i was like yes absolutely i'm gonna get you on the show so i put them on this was episode eight we did a, a, it was a big summertime episode it was like over two hours long i did a spotlight on them in the middle and then somewhere after that Rolling Stone found out about the band. Rolling Stone gave them a write-up and called them top 10 bands to watch for 2017. And then a year later, they won my Battle Shack. Or a year later, that's when I had them on the show for a year. So, And then that next year, they won my my very first contest. And Rolling Stone gave them that write-up. And we had started a blog uh, with some of my professional writers. Some of the guys I found were Roadrunner Records. And one of the scouts uh, with the company 
he had wrote a review for Magic Giant and said the same things that Rolling Stone said, but we did it first. We did it a year before them. So that was instant credit for us. And then I stumbled across a band called Kingsport. Not knowing at all that Frankie Muniz from Fox TV, Malcolm the Middle, was the drummer in that band. I had no clue. I listened to the band. The band was excellent. (laughs) I hit up the band. I was like, hey, you guys want to be on my show? And then I found out Frankie Muniz was was involved. So then I got to do a whole thing on Frankie Muniz and the band. And then that got me another uh, thing later. uh, Actually, (laughs) that was quite odd. Because the very first song in that show, okay, with, with Frankie Muniz going to be in that show, episode 11, that very first song was a song by a band in New York called Black Taxi. And the name of the song was uh, House on Fire. Well, this was around December 2017, January 2018. All of California was on fire from the PPG uh, uh, fires going on. It was mm-hmm. just all, you know. And then here I had this song. The every the whole show was planned out. The entire episode eleven was planned out, except for this very first song. They were the only band that had not responded to me to give me a yes. They hadn't seen my messages. They wouldn't respond. I'm I emailed, missed them four or five times, and then all of a sudden, all these fires started happening. And I'm like, oh man, don't 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 hit me up. I do not want that to be my opening <laughs> song. You know, coming back with Frank Mears, and and that be the very first song of the show. And all this is happening out there. It was really awful. So, well, thank God they didn't, you know, they didn't hit me back. So I went to my, my playlist of bands that I hadn't called on, you know, bands I know nothing about whatsoever. Right. So I go to this band. Uh, the name of the, the name of the band was the vantage. They had this song called on my way. And I was like, man, this is pretty cool. And, and I'm on my way. All right. I'm uh, okay, cool. I'm gonna hit these guys up. And he responds back. His name's James Mason, the lead singer of the band. And he's like, well, we're not a band anymore. He said, but you're more than welcome to play the song. I'm like, you know what? I need a song right now. I'm way behind on this. I need to get this out. So sure, I'm going to put in, hey, you know, dead bands are all the radio all the time. You know, so uh, especially classic rock stations and all that. You know, these bands aren't together anymore. So I play the song. It's great. It kicks off my show. I'm on my way. On my way in the career. He's on his way in his life. In his life. And then he hits me up two weeks later. And he says, how? He said, that was fantastic. He said, I've never heard, you know, an indie show like yours. You really know what you're doing. We'd like your help with something. And I'm like, what's that, James? He said, I've been working for a year and a half with Stevie Nicks on a brand new remake of Stand Back. And we started a new band. He said, and we want your help to launch this product. I was ecstatic. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I had one of eight billion people on the planet. And I had a guy working behind the scenes with Stevie Nicks who was being backed by her. So, the, but then the whole project is a long story. I can't go into it, but the whole project tanked a month before release. So the band ended up signing with the indie label and going a different direction. They dropped me the record and said, you can have this album. You're the only one allowed to play it on the planet. And we're going to go a different way, but you have our permission. And, and so then that, started my climb and that was july 2018 when that came out and that was actually postponed because it was supposed to come out record was supposed to come out in april of 2018 and it wasn't until july before and then things started to progress from then and then shortly after i met greg and things started going even more i've got just crazy stories of (laughs) things that i fell into or fell in my lap 
I've been yeah. really lucky. I work for, I tell you, I scouted bands for years on Reverb Nation. I'm not saying that's one of the, I've scouted bands many places, but Reverb Nation was what was a great place for me to scout bands at. And I was, I'd emailed the company continuously, emailed the company several times, could never get a response asking to work with them. They're a local company based here in Chapel Hill, but they had offices in New York as well. And uh, actually they're based in Durham, uh, North Carolina. And that company does a lot of work with the indie artists. And so I was like, okay, this would be a great relationship to have with them. And I tried and tried and tried to dive in with them. And I could never get anything. All of a sudden, December 2020, I believe it was, I get an email from the owner of the company. And founder of the company, Lou Playa, had no idea who I was. He knew about me because he found me, but he had no idea I had been emailing the company for years. He was quite upset that his, you know, people below him didn't didn't get in touch with him. I guess they have everybody, you know, emailing them wanting to work with the company, and I guess they have their they have to pick and choose who they talk to, you know, and who they who they send up the who they send up the ladder. I guess I was just too small. But Lou found me on his own. I've worked for, with Reverb Nation now for two years doing campaigns for the company. Wow, that's amazing. You know, it's it's amazing to me how you can go from one thing and that actually leads to another thing, that which leads to another thing. And we actually can see that as long as you're being consistent and, and working hard towards things that you want to get to, right. things will just fall in your lap. That's kind of how I ended up in podcasting. It was like, well, why didn't my, cause I was trying to be a karaoke DJ and a music DJ. That's how all this started. You know that how, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually ended that. up falling into I've been with DJ Scoob since the beginning. Right. I was the first Scoob believer. <laughs> That's right. You were, you were originally the original Scoob believer. Yeah. So. So I appreciate you sticking with me through this whole time, Hal. Uh, I am curious, though, is there something all three of you have worked together in on something that really turned out really well? well I mean, Mike, well, Greg, and Hal? Well, not yet. That's an adventure. Like, we're working on things. Greg, I'm glad to see you're back. We lost you there for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, is your audio there, buddy? No, I'm here. Good okay. Time. All right. Yeah. Make sure you can, okay. We can hear you. Um. <laughs> Greg, I can yell. Greg is the announcer for uh, our show. So uh, for the house. So whenever you hear the podcast, you're a professional announcer. Come on. <laughs> you're listening to the house. You know, just like <laughs> you're listening to the house. Yeah, that's the one. Yes, yes, exactly. It's fantastic. <laughs> and so. And he does a lot of neat little things like uh, uh, cure, like like a mad scientist curated over many many years. You're listening now. <laughs> lots of different things that you would hear uh, on the radio and see. And what's odd is is speaking. We were talking about uh, fate and destiny and so forth. At the same time that Lou found me from Reverb Nation, this is where Mike comes in. Mike finds me. I'm on a really odd place. I had got a, a, a friend request right before Mike found me from a Ryan Getz on tune, Tuned Up Lounge. He runs a, a local pay, a music page for Columbia, Ohio area musicians, right? And so 
for some reason, all of a sudden, I just get this random request one day from Ryan. So then I became friends with Ryan. We started chit-chatting. And then I got involved in this tuned-up lounge group. And then one day, uh, on a fluke, when uh, in downtime or something, I happened to be on a post with with Ryan or that Ryan was doing. And boom, Mike popped in on the post. Mike and I start chit-chatting. Mike was looking for somewhere to get his artists on the radio. And I had wasn't involved in R&B or rap or any of that kind of stuff at the time, but, you know, I had my show. So it got me chit-chatting with Mike. And then Mike and I wound up in each other's DMs, and and, and it just went on from there. So um, I was telling Mike, well, Mike, I don't do R&B, but I know some guys who do. Maybe I can get some of your, you know, some of your guys involved and your artists involved with, with these fellas. And then at the same time, I'm looking through this first campaign I got from Reverb Nation, and I had told all the, you know, Reverb Nation sets up what kind of music we want, what genres. I said nothing about wanting rap or R&B. That's not my my click, even though, even though I know it, you know, I know it quite well. It's just not my genres. My genres are rock, pop, alternative, you know, and maybe a little bit of folk thrown in, and a little bit of reggae, and a couple of little things like that. More, you know, so. Anyway, I'm looking through the stuff and I'm getting blasted with nothing but just tons and tons of rap and, and R&B. And I, I, I didn't ask for this, but this is really weird because Mike just came in to me and Mike's asking, you know, for his artist to be on my show. And then hiding, hiding Jesse in these uh, in these music clips, there were some videos sent to me as well. And in the videos was Little Zane, national known rapper. He was not credited. He helped out a kid called, called Little Fi, Lil Fi, L I L F Y E. And he did a little stint, like maybe 45 seconds in the middle of the song. I'm like, man, that guy's a professional rapper. Who is that? So I get looking around, and I find out who he is. I get to talking with Rock Wit, the, the manager of, of him and Lil Fi and all that. So then they're like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Want your song? Uh, you know, I want your song on the show. I see. I start seeing all this rap and stuff, and I'm like, man, you know what? I've got enough here to put together a show. I, hey, Mike, let's get involved with the rap scene, buddy. And so things started to take <laughs> off from there with Mike. So I've got two two of Mike's artists are are Mig Seven One Eight and Lady Breed, and they are on my show and been involved in my show heavily. So and then Greg's involved in my show as far as from the <clears throat> announcing standpoint. Nice. Greg's even been in my show actually. Greg's one of his songs. He would do a Christmas show. I did a Christmas show last oh. <laughs> the past Christmas, the Christmas before, and Greg and his team always put out a Christmas album every year. And he had a funny Christmas song, kind of remind me of like Grandma Got Run Over by Reindeer, but it's a little different. What what was that one, buddy? What was the song we did? Santa drank my whiskey. Yeah, Santa, Santa drank, drank my whiskey. whiskey. Yeah, nice. freaking hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> right, right. So we have, in a sense, and as Mike says, we 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 operate as as separate entities, but as affiliate partners. We're trying to kind of coordinate our things to our things together, and we'd like to take on a music festival here in my county in a year and a half. We can pull it off a big one. So that's the next venture for all oh, of us. Right. To get with. 
Hey, hey, Greg, I got I got a request for you to sing a line from from uh, from the Christmas song. There. You think you can do that for us? Um, you know, uh, let's uh, have a link or something for it. I got a little bit of a cold. Uh, it's Santa Drank My Whiskey by Dynamic Musical Academy. Should be on YouTube. All that good stuff. So and Spotify too. <laughs> yep, all Spotify. Right. It's all over the place. Maybe we yeah, can yeah. find it. We can post it somewhere <laughs> for people to to listen to. Hey, Hal, I know you're talking about the your next big thing. What I'd really like to talk <laughs> about is that that's okay. We live puppies. It's real life, ladies and gentlemen. We have the animals. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, we can't. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'd actually like to talk about what your next big thing is. The next thing that's coming up. I mean, you're talking about this festival. What else you got going on? Uh, well, I'm just trying to do some stuff locally. I want to get involved with, uh, doing like local DJ events, club acts, you know, doing club events, things like that. We've got a local place here called the Axe Hole, which is pretty neat. It's a, it's an axe throwing place with pool and cornhole. And then they have a separate building on the other side of it that's, you know, by divider and that's friction skating. So they've got a whole thing there for the family to do. You know, people can go go over here and drink some beer and throw some axes and the kids can go over here and go skating and play video games and it all just works out well and they even have a wall that they can open that wall if they want to oh so, wow yeah yeah which is pretty cool it's um not the whole wall but they've got a, a pretty big spot you can open up and then we can turn it into more of a club atmosphere and that's something that we've talked a lot about doing um and so that could possibly be one of the plans for down the road uh but yeah, the biggest thing looking at right now is looking at getting this music festival going. I mean, I, I'd love to get into other things like you know starting a label or get more involved with the label with Mike, or you know, uh, we could do licensing of the music. We could look at um, you know get getting the music out there to distributors. Of course, all this music's already on distributors. I would look more at looking wanting to sell the music. You know, want to get this music into commercial, get the music into into movies, into TV, and sync placements and things like that. that that's what really helps these artists to go. Um, people can find them. You know, when you're a struggling artist, it, it makes no sense to me. Okay, here's prime example: Move Like Creatures. They're that new Spotlight band that I put in the new show. Excellent. One of the best guitar solos I've heard in, for, in forever. The band formed during the pandemic. They have hardly, they were uh, recorded by, um, oh, now I can't think of his name. His name's uh, Ethan. Don't put me on the spot on this kind of stuff. I'm sorry. Okay. He was the same guy <laughs> who okay. recorded Paper, Jack, Paper Jacket's album, too. And they did an excellent job. The band has 84 followers or something on Spotify or wherever they it's it makes no sense to me whatsoever. You know, you've got bands out here with hundreds and hundreds of thousands of fans or millions of fans on Spotify that don't deserve it versus a band that does deserve it. That has great you know hit music that that has skills like they used to have in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s or whatever, and it's going completely unnoticed, totally unnoticed. And that's the problem with the industry today. 
that's one of the biggest things. It's all about how much content they can get in front of these people, no matter how good it is or not. I've seen that in in articles. They've talked all about it. Um, that that is the driving algorithm. They is to get is to fuel these algorithms with music and content, no matter how much or how good. Just just keep got to keep getting it out there. And right. I, and I think that yeah, it hurts the industry. Um, and I think it hurts. Um, it certainly hurts our fight of what we're trying to do because the. the Here's what's happening is is that it's being seen from, or the music industry is being directed from a one sided viewpoint. And I understand that. Yes, today the young the young ones and everything got to push the music. Yes, that's that's just how it is. But their viewpoint comes from one dimension. They don't understand all the stuff that we knew. So they hear something that that sounds like they know, or it's got the little kitty voices in it, and the different things, you know, and and that's their style of stuff. But it it's not what everyone wants to hear, and that's what right. the labels think. The labels think that what the fifteen year olds are pushing is what everyone wants to hear, and they've completely forgot that there is a music genre or a a music demographic above 25 that wants new music that is tired of hearing 80s and 90s and 2000 stuff we're tired of it we're done we're done with listening to rock 92 and, and whatever i don't mean to call that station out it's a great station but i'm just saying just for an example any rock whatever or any classic da, da, da. i mean yeah some people want to you know do want to hear that stuff and relive it but for the most part what i hear from a lot of people is is that we want new music for us we want new bands that are doing things like they used to because we've already heard sweet dreams are made of, uh, of these or this or whatever it is according to the mandela effect it's one or the other um right <laughs> <laughs> um that we've yes. already heard the song it's a thousand this. times and we want something else, maybe someone else to come along with a rhythmic style band, but but with a new song, you know, and right. so that's that's what we face. And that's what people are coming over to the house shack for, because they're coming over and finding out that, hey, wait a minute, their real bands do exist, still exist, that the, the labels are, you know, they're all just taking this one side and going, oh, OK, all right, this is what the people want to hear. And this is what's happened to the music industry, the pop, you know, rock and alternative and all these things that we used to love and, and uh, uh, like reggae infused pop and just ska and a whole bunch of different stuff that we used to listen to on the radio in the 90s has all sunk to the bottom because the three main leading genres right now are pop, country and rap. And no other right. genre pretty much exists. I mean, there's a few they're trying to eke in. I've noticed some artists that are trying to work their way up, you know, through through the charts and getting the popularity out there a little bit, which I think it's great. Um, Mike, would you like to add to this? Because I know you have a lot of insight to this. Yeah, sure. And um, I'm going to start off with the fact that people, if you start looking at the music industry now, okay. you're going to see some of the change that you're talking about because the 15-year-olds 10 years ago are now 25. And right. if you pay attention, like, the last two months, you know, pay attention to who's been starting to drop records again. 
Paramore, Pierce the Veil, uh, Meteoroa 2. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of different things, and I hate to call them trends because some music is trendy, and the way the consumer is fed the music, you know, these the, 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 the major side of things, the people with the money, the people that have the access to get their content in front of you and who they want to push, they're utilizing these platforms. And, you know, it, it makes it, it's almost, a, it definitely is an unfair advantage, but it's not an unbeatable advantage. Mm-hmm. And the fact of being, daring to be different. When David Bowie came out, there was nothing like him. And they told him, what is this? This is crazy. Need I say, I don't think I have to explain David Bowie. Right. Right. Or a prince, or or some of these other people that just dared to be different, and also understanding that if you're honest to your craft and what you do, and like I said, and you evolve it, and you're you're increasing what you got to do, it may not be your time right now, but give it time and and stick to your guns. Don't just follow the trends and do what's trending because how many of these artists come and go? There's no sustainability, and these labels were looking for just the one shot pops because they make a lot of money that way. But right. now artists are starting to like understand and, 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 and hold to their mold. And then the consumer, like I said, the 15 year olds from 10 years ago are now 25 and they don't just want a catchy hook and a beat. They want substance. So they start looking elsewhere. They start to mature. They start to get older. So music is always going to cycle. Like right now, hip hop is the number one genre. And I'm going to boldly say, I don't think for long. And, 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 and like I said, I'm going to tell you why is because like even when one of my artists that he mentioned makes 718, he started in hip hop, but he was influenced by so many different musics that, you know, he's blending genres right now. He's blending rock with urban infusion and he's got some killer tracks that are going to be coming out this year. And then right. like, you know, just the ability to pivot and to understand that the industry, like how said, there are people, there's different demographics. It's finding that demographic and understanding that Yesterday's demographic isn't tomorrow's demographic. It's going to change. It's going to pivot. They start to look for more, you know. They're not doing the the high school parties and the, you know, the little backyard gigs no more. Now they're looking to go into more established venues and they're, they're looking to consume more. And I saw an interesting question that popped up that says, is radio play still relevant? And it's not as relevant as it used to be on an FM dial. But that's why platforms like House are so much more important because people consume music differently now. They they need to be spoon fed, and it's sad, but it's true, you know. So they're going to you know the 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 DSPs like Spotify and um or the non DSPs like Audio Mac and SoundCloud and Apple Music, but they're also going to the podcasts. You know, the blog game ain't the same no more. People, when's the last time you went to a blog to find artists? You know, even even guys that used to do it, they're not doing it because that time has changed because these blogs, they're all pay to play. You know, a lot of the blogs now. So there's no real journalism being done. So that aspect got taken away from the consumer. All the aspects that make consumers find music the natural way were taken away and funneled into the social media and DSP platforms. Right. You know, so it kind of groomed the listener to, all right, you can't find music any other way. You have to go here. And sure, people's platforms, like House Platform, it's 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 curated by him and his ear and, and, and his taste for music. And there's going to be a ton of people that are going to love that. And then you also got to understand there's going to be a ton of people that say, well, this just ain't my thing. Just like how didn't think, you know, the hip hop and R&B lane was his thing. And now he's had plenty of great shows 
And he does have a great ear. He has a, a well-polished ear, sur- you know, surrounding the whole industry as a whole. And if you want to be an A&R, you cannot, you I mean, you can focus on one genre, but you're going to put yourself in a box. Mm-hmm. And sustainability yeah. means you cannot be boxed. That's why even like, like with my artists, they may, you know, like, like I said, Mick started in hip hop. He refused to be called a rapper because he's not a rapper. He's an artist because he knew what he was going to do. It just took time and effort. And he also wanted to polish himself. And when an artist takes themselves seriously, that they understand that going in. And the radio kind of used to feed the clubs and the venues, the music. And now that reversed. Now the radio's told what to play by what's popular and trending on social media or what's popular with, you know, the clubs and everything else. So instead of radio breaking records, records are broken out here and then the radio just plays what's there because they know if you're driving in your car, are you turning on the radio or are you connecting to your playlist or are you connecting to a podcast that you have saved that you wanted to listen to? You know, like technology has moved us away from radio, but radio still does play a role. It's just not as big as a role as it used to. Right. Because that's just not how the the, the, the music consumer is has been trained to find their music. And I hate to say the word trained, but it is. You know, the the, the we, we know always the main demographic is 14 to 19-year-old Caucasian girls. Okay? They're the ones that are on their devices or, you know, they, they just, they spend the money, they spoil, like, that's a large demographic to target in any genre. Um, it was it was even a dare to say in the eighties and nineties that that demographic determined tomorrow's rock star. You got their support, then you got everyone else's support to follow. Right. But again, as time shifts, they change how they want to consume music, or they change the type of music they want to listen to. So you can't just focus on that demographic, because then if you stay focused on the demographic, you're going to lose the prior demographic that you had three years before when they get older, I get mature, they get a, a wider palette for music. Mm-hmm. So that's where like the marketing aspect and just understanding how to approach. And also when people say radio, they think of like your top station in your area. You're not going to get on your commercial radio station as an unknown act, but there's tons of non commercial radio non-com you got your college stations you got platforms like house you got all these moments that will play the independent artist so like for example i'm from new york um so you're not gonna if your first approach is to go to z100 or hot 97 you, you're crazy like you're like it's a great it's great to have aspirations but if you're not getting played anywhere else you need to understand that how a commercial radio station works they have to pay to be on the air and the way they pay that is mm-hmm the advertising so if they don't have a listener count or if they're not having people stay tuned in with the popular music and the music that everyone knows like the drakes or everyone else they're not going to have the number of listeners in that block of time to sell that revenue space for the advertisers non-com they don't pay to be on the air they're funded with grants or by the school so they have a lot more freedom they're not running commercials after every two three damn songs and that's another reason why radio's lost a lot of listeners is because after every couple of songs, there's a friggin' ad getting thrown in your face because they have to pay to stay on the air. Right. Exactly. So do you think, yeah. so now just think about how you consume music. How many times do you sit there and you hear, okay, I know this artist. I know this artist. What is this? I'm changing the station to find something that I'm used to because I'm driving right now. I want to be, I want to go with a sure thing. I'm not looking to give someone a chance. 
Because if you're in traffic, the last thing you want to do is like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm having a great time sitting in traffic. Let me discover this new artist. There are some people <laughs> yeah. that do it, but right. nine times out of 10, you're changing the station to go to what's familiar. Yeah. You, and, and, and that's just the thing. And so that's why people will just go to a playlist or they'll go to a podcast that they know plays what they like. So the discovery aspect with radio isn't really there, especially if you're only targeting these commercial radio stations. But now if you target the non-commercial radio stations and now you're getting played in 14 states on non-com you know, college radio or whatever, now you have data. Data gives you leverage. That leverage now can approach the commercial radio station and you might get a shot, you know? And it's also on the approach of how you get there. Like people just say, you know, oh, I'll pitch your song on the radio, but they don't realize there's a whole process to that. Like, mm-hmm. do you know you still got to send a CD to a commercial radio station? Like, even though we live in a digital era, they still want a CD. They want multiple CDs so it can get passed around the station. And then it's going to sit on the desk for a while until the streets or the demand for that song or artist. And they're going to be like, hey, I know who that is. That, that CD's been sitting on my desk for a while. You know, and it's just, it, it, there's a process to this. So, if, if yeah, don't, you, don't you give them a cut at the top because they'll have no idea what to do with it. Yeah, like don't start at the top of the mountain. You got to start at the bottom before you climb. There you go. You know, and I'd, I'd much rather get play in 11 to 14 states on a non-interactive, you know, a non-com radio station than one play on a commercial radio station so I can post it on my story and brag and say, hey, I got one spin. You know, one spin doesn't, you know, like generate revenue. It's not going to generate enough time for people to discover you. Um uh, right. An old marketing tool is, you know, the power of threes. You you hear something once, you're gonna go by. You hear something the second time, it's gonna catch your attention a little bit. The third time, you're gonna pay attention. You're gonna it's gonna lock you in. So one play as opposed to being in regular rotation, just because it's not the bigger station, which would you want, Scoob? Like if, if you're an artist, would you want that one play, one time only, or would you want? regular rotation where you get played probably five times a week for the next three months. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if I, if I wanted to get a little more leeway in the podcasting industry, I want somebody to be able to listen to what I'm doing a couple of times, you know, so it kind of gets ingrained of who I am and what I'm doing. So yeah, that's great. Greg, do you have anything on that? Anything you want to add to that? Me? Yeah, you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, yeah, I think... I, I I think one of the biggest pieces that, you know, when we talk about music industry and marketing and all of those types of things that, that uh, gets dropped by the wayside, people going, well, I want to listen to these old songs. I want to listen to these old bands. I want to listen to these things that, uh, that I, I, I want things that sound like the way I remember them sounding. Uh, one of the problems with that is that there's a psychology to all of this stuff. The reason we attach to music, the reason we attach to songs, and this is me going back to my actual schooling and so I'm I'm actually a diagnosed psychopath, so this this is going to be fun. Psychology is my bag. So there you go. Psych the psychology of music. So every time as you become a teenager, you start breaking away from what your parents were listening to, what everyone around you is listening to, and you start forming your own opinions and your own things you start listening to your own types of music you start listening to your own songs that that fit what's going on with your own personal life 
Now, another big piece of what happens there is that as we generate new memories, you remember the song that was playing the first time you drove a car. You remember the song that was playing the first time you kissed so-and-so somewhere, right? You remember the song that was playing uh, as you're walking down the aisle for your wedding. Well, guess what? Pretty soon you start running out of first memories. And that's when you start not accepting new music as first things. So psychology is something that Hal's fighting here on his channel. And he does a very, very, very good job at doing it um, because he's picking these things there. He says they sound like things that were before. I don't think so. I, I think they, they appeal to the parts of us that are aging, the parts of us that are, are growing as, as we're getting older and, and uh, we can listen to these things and still have an open mind. One of the things this channel does is, is it's for people with an open mind, you know, because um, a lot of people will just be closed to music, period, after a particular spot. Well, if it ain't the Dixie Chicks, I'm not listening to it, you know, or wh- whatever it, it might be, you know, it's like, I love George Thorogood. Why? I don't know either, you know, uh, stuff like that, you know, uh, you know, Sir Mix a lot, maybe, I don't know, Vanilla Ice, right. But people, they listen to that stuff. Because it brings back a warm fuzzy from back earlier in their life. Like I love that that, that torn cover by Natalie Bruglia because I was spending one of my first boy girl moments in a car listening to that song. The song's trash. I mean, it really is. I love it because you know I have fond memories attached to the stupid thing, you know and. And so when we're talking about marketing too, and then we talk about big label marketing, why does big label marketing do so well? Well, because they throw the money there on average in 2019 to break a song, it would cost $7 million per song. That's for a single, right? That's, that's, the general average to get it to a blanket amount of people where it would actually start to make a profit. Those are the types of things up again is those guys that have got the seven million dollar playing. That's why you hear the same, you know, 20 songs on, on terrestrial radio over and over and over is because that's the same seven million dollars recycled over and over and over and over and over. So uh to bounce, gentlemen, uh, I am a. I'm about to turn into a pumpkin. Uh, I've got a recording session coming in. It's been and thank you so much for having me and listening to my crazy rants. Thank you, Greg. It's it's really appreciate having you on the show. I'm actually going to go ahead and just get some final words from everybody thank else you. too. But Greg, you go ahead and go because I know you got important things to do. So thank you so much for being on Undiscovered Entrepreneur. I really appreciate you. Much love. Thank you, guys. Be safe. Be careful out there. I love you all. All right. Fantastic. And I'm going to go backwards here since Mike kind of says some last things. We're going to wrap a few things up here. Mike, uh, is there any final words you'd like to kind of pop in there with? Um, Just like I said, for the, for the listeners there, if you're looking to get into something, you know, I believe in, you know, we got to tap dance our way in. It's something that I use all the time. And tap stands for talent, ambition, and passion. So if you have all those three things going for what you really want to do, then don't let nothing stop you. You know, put, put your best foot forward. 
had the ambition, realized that not everything is going to work. Sometimes you got to make little pivots. You know, when this pandemic hit, a lot of people had to pivot because things shut down for two years. Um, hurdles are putting you away. It's it's okay. Just, you know, drive forward and jump through. Even when you feel defeated, you, you just get back up. Um, if if you, you think you're in a stagnant place as a listener for consuming music, since we're talking a lot about music, um, expand your palette. Look for different ways to find music because there is a lot of great, great bands and great artists out there that don't have the machine behind them or don't have the means to have that machine behind them. So support your local bands, support your indie bands and your indie artists. Yeah. You know, support the platforms that, you know, Hal works tirelessly scouring. Like sometimes I get messages from him at two in the morning and he's like, oh, you got to check out this band or you got to check out this artist. And I'm like, all right, you know, I, I'll check it out in the morning. He'll send me playlists. I'll listen to them. You know, support guys like Hal and check out the show. You know, check out podcasts like this because they're bringing you the unexpected listening, you know, experience that you may be missing because you're just being spoon fed what the big conglomerate companies are sending you, which is just, you know, that's where the money is. So they're going to force it down your throat. And I was, like I said, there's a hundred thousand songs being uploaded every day. And just like with music, there's a hundred thousand ideas being uploaded every day into someone's brain. Um, be yourself and just check out the, 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 the obscure sounds and the obscure things and the obscure platforms and, you know, have an open mind to it, you know? So I thank you guys really for a lot of the hard work that you put in between house, house, uh, house shack and this platform like yourself, you know, and I'm always going to support all of these kind of uh, platforms. And I'm always going to be available to these type of platforms because you are the foundation that leads to where those big boys came from. So I, you know, I just want to thank you guys and give you guys your flowers for that. All right. Thanks Mike. And just, just real quick, uh, how do we get a hold of you? If anybody has any questions for you, Mike, just so we have that. Um, I hate to sound so 2023, but honestly, the best way is Instagram. You know, it's the same name, Mike Loco, M-I-K-E-L-O-C-O. All my contact info is there. Uh, I answer all my DMs because I have terrible OCD and I can't ignore the notifications. (laughs) Um, It may take me a little time, but I will get there. And um, I'm a big, big, big fan of educating. So feel free to reach out. All right. Thank you so much. All right, Hal, now it's your turn. How uh, Let's do some last final words with you. What do you think? Um, oh God, we could talk for several minutes. I always have thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Something that, uh, that I thought that was, that I think that's interesting. And, and this is a point that I always like to bring up is the way music has expanded and evolved, uh, over the years. Um, we're at this point now, like we're saying, where we're just being thrown all this content, uh, content at us, no matter how good or bad it is of the same types of basic level, like pop songs or not, not so much with so many songs with so much diversity. And there used to be tons of diversity at the top. And back in the day, you know, you, you could look around everywhere. We had rock, pop, alternative, you know, country, folk, reggae, punk, ska, you name it. It was there in the top. 100 top 200 billboard and it's just not there anymore and the age old formula that the labels want to push that we just want to push to the young ones rather than pushing to everyone because now music has changed we don't have see 
back in the day when they started that formula in the 60s and the 70s and 80s, anybody older wanted Frank Sinatra and stuff or whatever. You know, they didn't want like new music. But now we've got we've been hit with modern music from the 70s to 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, the 10s, the 2020s. So guess what? Those people that were rockers in the 60s and the 70s are rockers now. That hasn't changed. You know, we've got a wide open, uh, wide open field here of a demographic of the entire world of music listeners rather than just how they used to gear to us when we were younger. You know, the MTV generation or whatever, you know, but we had so much diversity on MTV. We didn't have just the this little bit here and there being thrown at us. We had everything thrown at us. So we're used to that. So we're used to any type. You know, we're not surprised by anything that comes at us in the music industry or whatever. And so, and I still think, I feel like the labels still think this way, that anybody over 25 doesn't want to hear any, you know, doesn't want the music they just get they just get all the old reruns we're just going to keep throwing reruns at them or whatever you know and that's just what they're they're going to deal with and there's there's an entire niche niche of people out there who want you know new music geared towards them and i feel like that's where they're kind of falling short in the industry right now yeah i mean yeah they're making more money and they that's the thing when the streaming services when the whole file sharing started 2008, 2009, 10, 11, and so forth, it just killed the, that went on for years and it just killed the industry. So they decided to start streaming. So they came out and they rose from the ashes of that in 2012 with the streaming model. And ever since then, the labels have made more money that I, I read recently or whatever. The labels have made more money now than they've ever made. They're making, they're raking in $1 million an hour. $24 million a day, but yet we can't put any money into the artist and the development of the artist. They want, they, they, it seems like they've lost that vision to look at an artist and go, I don't care that you only have a hundred fans, you have a hit. And we want to make that a hit. You know, it's like they, they want these artists that are already, that have managed to get lucky and, and get their name spread around. Um, on social media, which I don't know how that works because that sure as heck doesn't help me and it hasn't helped me in the eight, ten years that I've been at this. Yeah, I'm you still know, trying to I'm still trying to figure that out myself. Yeah. And share <laughs> and share and no and and it'll it won't get and I'll do it in different ways and try different things and it won't get seen. It won't get the views. It won't get so I'm like, how does this this band or this this person or this artist all of a sudden they just released this video two months ago. It's already had 2 million views or whatever. And I've been at this for 10 years and I haven't had 2 millions of anything. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and, and I, and that's the thing is I'm told by all, all my professionals and, and all my peers and everyone who I work with in industry, I'm not just like hearing stuff from my buddies or hearing things from family members. Oh yeah, you're doing great. Cause people tend to patronize other people in the music industry when they come to ask you that was a lot of what greg and i saw on Drupal is a lot of patronization you know uh oh god this is great yeah i can hear this on the radio i'm like yeah really 
could you hear that song being played behind Queen or behind Bon Jovi or behind Ed Sheeran or whoever mixed in in the middle? I'm like, really? Could you really right. hear that? You yeah. know, so why are you telling these people that? Why are you blowing their head up to make them think that? And that was the thing that always kind of bothered me about American Idol and what I used to do, and which I'm so glad they cut out doing this. They used to do the the um the embarrassing outtakes, you know, all the people coming in and trying and they and they can't sing and they obviously have no reason to be there. And some mother or father or family member or friend or whatever drove their friend five, you know, two thousand miles or God knows how far or flew or whatever all the way in to go try to get in this competition with seventy thousand other people and they have no business being there, you know. And it's one thing if you if you're good and you have a shot. It's another thing if you can't sing in pitch or in key. You need to know that before you go. Yeah, you need to get the opinions of other people so you understand that you know you can either do it or not do it. And trust the people. I mean, like your family's going to say, "Oh yeah, you're great," but I mean, you really got to get somebody in there that knows, like that doesn't mind saying, "Hey, you really need to kind of like." change this or do that and then take it for what it's worth. You know, you, you take the advice and incorporate it to yourself to what you do. And that goes into, you know, entrepreneurship or anything else that you're doing is getting advice from other people. Exactly. And that kind of thing. So I see so many people trying to start up so many different businesses and it's so hard out there and they're out there trying to get, you know, some leverage on social media and get somewhere going and get noticed and all the noise, you know, geez, they're, Millions and millions of podcasts, and I see it every day. There, there. I'm in all these podcast groups or, or in various groups, and people say, "Well, right, I want right. to do a podcast." You know, I'm like, "Good, good luck with that." Already these days. I mean, <laughs> I tell you, if I want to start it now, if I tried to start the House Act now, forget it. I got lucky and started way back when when podcasting right. was just starting to come along, and I've been lucky enough to earn a lot of good recognition along the way. And if I wasn't earning good recognition, that started to happen. I mean, it took me, Jesse, it took me three, and Mike, since Mike, you're still here too, uh, three to three and a half years, and of course all the listeners um, out there, to get my first 10 episodes down because of all the different problems that I had in life and different ways, that, different things involved in order to get the and things that happened in my life in order to get those shows done and delayed me in different ways. And I'm not going to go, that could take too much time. I'm not going to go into that, but it, 10 episodes, three years. I should have gave up. Made them. I should have gave up, but I got, yeah, I know I still made them, but I got lucky and I happened to catch it because they're on that 10th episode. That's where I caught Frankie Muniz in his band on my there show. You go. And then, and then uh, actually, well, that didn't happen in 10, that happened in 11 and then 12 was able label where the Stevie Nicks back song came in with paper jackets. So then that continued, uh, you know, my climb and I've gotten a lot of other great uh, things since then. Um, Rock band Cabo, they used to be with Warner brothers. They're now uh, part of my team. They've been part of my team the past three years. Uh, looking at them possibly to headline our festival coming up so that'd be really great so they're just another and Cabo did something with Duran Duran and and uh got a deal to recut come undone and that was exclusive on my show so there's many things recently I've now got Eminem that's the biggest thing that I fell into a band fell into a project with Eminem of all people uh, an indie band uh the indie band cut a song with a friend of M's his name is Swifty McVeigh he's also known as D12 they hired him to do a rap spot in their song it's a metal band but it's like a metal rap band, kind of like 
corn kind of thing or something. And anyway, uh, Swifty did this spot in the show, and then we don't know in the song, and I'm not sure whether Swifty had asked him or whether him just offered, but he did an intro for the band and Swifty in the song, and it was great that it was in there, and the band was super appreciative of it. But they felt like, well, this thing's kind of odd, though. The M's in the intro, but he's not really in the song. So they asked Swifty, hey, can you maybe get him to, I don't know, maybe do some bars for us or something, get in the song? M jived with the song. Six months later, he sent them some bars for free and put it in the in the song. So now the van is ready to run with it. And they gave it to me for an exclusive and help promote it and so forth. So that has been a really great push for the house hack as well. So um, you just never know what you'll find on my show and what you'll find out here with these artists. You know, you got so many uh, struggling, striving artists out there who people will pop on their profile and go, Oh God, they only have a thousand fans. They can't be any good. No, that's not the case. It's social media. Social media is the problem. Do you know how many, like I've looked at big band, big, well-known bands. You go on Spotify. Like I can talk to people around the around the place or locally wherever and mention artists like niani or sam tenez they're excellent artists they have four to five to six million listeners on spotify if you mention their name no one knows who they are but if you mention a band like cabo or you mention bon jovi or you mention whoever that's name recognition people know who they are you know they, they these are these are spotify artists you know they, they, there's this kid Connor Price. The kid is an excellent rapper. He's amazing. I came across this stuff. He had less than a million fans. He's up to 8 million now on Spotify and he's blown up within a year. I mean, the kid is, it, it, he should be a hit. He should be well known. But, he, but you know, he's not a hit. He's not a hit artist per se. You know, he's not hired by the labels. He's just an indie. But man, the kid is good. And, but if you mention his name to people, people don't know who he is because that's 8 million people around the world. I mean, that's nothing. I mean, I'm known. I, I've got almost I've reached almost 500 cities around the world in 100 countries. But if you go around and ask people, if you heard about my show, if you heard of Hal Jester, if you heard of Hal Shack, none. You know, they hadn't. I mean, but some of my friends have and people around here in the area and people are connected to me. But for the most part, no. You know, I'm still a little man on a totem pole, but I happen to get really lucky. Um. And I see this with a lot of artists, too. I see this with a lot of indie artists that maybe don't have some big following, but they're out there opening for big national acts. But people don't know it. That's that's the thing, because until you're hitting that point where your songs have 600 million, 800 million plays, 1 billion plays for one song, then people are starting to know who you are. But even some of these big bands that have been around for decades don't have the following on Spotify. You could pop on there or whatever, you know, like millions and millions of people know who they are, but they don't have millions of fans hitting the like button on Facebook or they don't have millions of fans hitting the follow button on Spotify, you know, because they're just not on there or they're just not on their radar to go do it. I've, right. I've been getting so much flack about that where people find like, yeah, you know, I've only got a thousand fans on Facebook. There's tens of thousands to possibly hundreds of thousands of people around the world who know who I am, who are familiar with my show, but they haven't been on the social media to follow my Instagram or to follow my Facebook. My Instagram, I've been on Instagram for, I've tried for, 
for two or three years now that I've been on Instagram to get followers or whatever. And I've tried and tried and tried. I've got like 450 or something on there or whatever. But yeah. yeah. And, you know, and people will go, you only got 450 followers. You must not be any good. You must, no, that's not the case at all. I hear from people, I'm the best there is at this. So, I, you know. Yeah. It, I really think that it's it's better from because I come across a lot of the same issues, too. But I think it's better to do what we're doing here and just do it word of mouth. It just as be, it seems to be more effective, really. I mean, you could have as many followers as you want and that kind of thing, but they're not going to be true fans. They're not going to be people that are actually going to listen to you. They're just people that are just happy to be there to hit that like button and then move on. You know, it's just because they right. like it doesn't mean they're going to sit there and listen to it. So. Right. All right, Hal, we're gonna we're gonna wrap things up here if that's okay. And uh, yeah, how do we get yeah, how, how, how do we get a hold of you? Plan. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I like it. It's good stuff. How yeah, do we get yeah. a hold of you? We got your QR code up there right now, so people could hit that QR code to reach the yeah, Hal Yeah, tell you what, folks, y'all can find me everywhere. Hal Shack is all over the place. I'm on iTunes. I'm on Amazon Music. I'm on Amazon Radio. I'm on Apple Podcasts. I'm on uh, Stitcher to Luminary, to any possible podcast feed that you could possibly think of, except for Spotify, because Spotify won't allow me on because I'm a music podcast. It's against right. their rules. They yeah. just, I've got, so I've got a playlist series. So you can go on there. I've started up about 40 playlists. You can find a whole bunch of different artists. You can find some mixed playlists, or you can find just full playlists of nothing but, you know, th- their whole library. And that was something we were talking about earlier. I want to step, uh, touch on real quick about artists. Um, artists can come out with their best stuff to, from the get go, and then and then it falls off. You know that it's it's not as good as it used to be. They're not cutting as good as hit music or whatever. And then there's some artists who just continually get better, and you know, they come out you know uh, weak, experimental, trying, trying, trying. Speaking of, I found an artist called Television Skies. He was going to be involved in the Wampus Cat Music Festival that I was supposed to be in involved with that got canceled due to weather the band is great now when i look back to his early stuff and i probably would have skipped on in in his first few years but somewhere along the way he found his magic and now that guy's got hit song after hit song after hit song and nobody really knows who he is and and that's the way that the industry goes and that's what you're going to find on my show is nothing but Hit song after hit song after hit song after hit song that you've never heard. You're like, why? Why isn't this known? Why haven't I known about this band for the past five? As long as this song has been out, why? You know, why am I just hearing about it now? Why has it been out for ten years and I've never heard of it, or five years, or two years, or six months, or whatever? Whatever. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, why are these? Why this is so much better? This is what I hear from people. I've got new part, other people involved with me. Matthew King is a new uh, blogger and a playlister that started up with me, and he listens to my stuff and he goes, "These are Grammy winning artists. These are people who should be winning Grammys, not what's being considered for Grammys or whatever." Because they, uh, it's just this is music that's fun and listenable and has catch and hook, like we have. You know, exactly. you, you've listened to my shows, Jesse, you know, all too well. And so does Mike. Mike, yeah. the reason why you guys are involved with me, because, you know, I know what I'm talking about. Exactly. And if anybody wants to hear any of that, uh, uh, just fantastic indie music. I mean, I've listened to it all. It's all amazing. If anybody wants to hear anything like that, that's just knock your socks off. Hick up with the Howl Shack. 
listen to his program on anything. All right, how we're gonna go. Okay, thank you very okay. much, everybody. Well, real quick, folks. Yeah, I do. I do bonus shows where it's music only, and then I do talk and music shows. So you can find a mix of both. I do very small talk and music. Most of it's music only. So depending on what you're into, you can folks find their favorite types of shows. They like either or both. All right, awesome, Mike. Thank you very much for being on the show today. I really appreciate yeah, you, you being here. Appreciate you being here, buddy. We're gonna we'll right. talk more soon. There we go. And Greg, thank you for coming. I know you had to take off, but thank you for coming. Anybody, do you don't have to stick around for a wrap up. I'm not gonna do a wrap up this time. Thank you very much, Hal. I appreciate you actually doing an interview with me. And you all take yeah, care, okay? Yes, all right. Great. Thanks, Jeff. All right. All right. Yeah. Thanks for being okay. the original school believer, Al. All right, everybody, all right, yeah. thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, man. School believer. Definitely. All right. Bye. 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 All right, school believers, thank you so much for listening all the way through. This was such an amazing interview. I had a great time. And uh, if you want to take a look at the actual video that we have of the live stream, go to my YouTube channel, Undiscovered Entrepreneur, and actually take a look of what happened uh, during that awesome interview. So at this particular point, I just want to say thank you very much to uh, Greg, Mike Loco, and Hal Jester from Hal Shack. And if you want to take a look at his podcast of amazing indie music, uh, look down to the show notes or go see Hal Shack on iHeartRadio. I would also like to thank Numospect for facilitating the live stream. And a special thanks to Trevor Tomian, who uh, took care of the background and all the extra graphics and everything that happened on that live stream. So thank you, Numospect, and thank you, Trevor. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening, and I really appreciate you, and thank you for being a school believer. Bye-bye now. <laughs> Hello there. DJ Scoob here, and I just want to personally say thank you for listening to my program. I really hope you learned something. Tune in in two weeks to listen to another brand new entrepreneur. And remember, I can, I am, I will, and I'm doing it today. As a worker of two full-time jobs, running a podcast and coaching, every minute counts in my day-to-day. It's hard to be consistent in any of my social medias. And at this point, I cannot hire a social media manager. Pinnacle AI to the rescue! I've been using Pinnacle AI for a couple of weeks now. I've seen big improvements in my outreach and consistency in all my social medias. Do you want to save time and increase your productivity too? Go to tuepodcast.net backslash AI for more information. Save yourself time and grow your brand. Try it now and see what it can do for you.